Hello and welcome to Faking Lit, a book club podcast in which I sit down with some very good friends and we talk about a book that we have read. My name is Xinxi and love is an open book filled with verse of your bad poetry. Welcome to the show, everybody! Hello. Who's joining me today at the table? Hi, my name's Josh Bellman, and I'm here to, to talk about one of uh, these great books that there are. Um, you don't sound very enthused about that, Josh. I'm a bit tired. What's what's, what's tiring you today? Well, I, I just woke up really early, and then I went and collected a, a light bulb for my oven. It sounds like a, you had a lot on your plate today. Well, I did, I've got quite a lot done, actually, and I bought a loaf of bread. So, um, the to-do list today was light bulb for oven. And light bulb for, for oven, buy a loaf of bread. My name's Josh Bellman, and I'm, that's what I'm here to say. <laughs> Were you about to rap? No, I, I anti-rap. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you performed an anti-rap? Interesting. Interesting. I wonder what the opposite of an anti-rap is. Or what that would sound uh, like. Uh, maybe one day we'll find maybe out. Maybe we will find mm. out in the f- near future. <laughs> Who else is joining me today? Hi, uh, I'm Alice Verdon and I'm... Wait, wait, wait. Are you back? Yeah. Oh, she said it, everybody. She said it. <laughs> I, zing- did, I didn't say zing. it. Zing. The zinger. The zinger. Um, we don't have the... Um, the, the <laughs> Sorry. Um, for those of you wondering why Alice suddenly went, uh, it's because uh, Josh just offered her a half-eaten raspberry. Came out my mouth. <laughs> what's wrong? What's Everyone's feeling a bit freaky yeah, What's today? going on with people today? What's going on with Josh today? I think it's because we had a cake before. The I year. wonder what the opposite of uh, offering a half-eaten raspberry to Alice would be. <laughs> hmm. We may never find out, though. We may never find out. Who else is joining us today? Oh, hello! me bell joshman what bell joshman <laughs> have you can you smell goshman <laughs> oh, oh, i'm completely reinvigorated wow <laughs> he seems like a fun guy really that's a that's quite a i've never seen an entrance quite that's like a cool that name you got there bell joshman so his name is bell joshman mm, I'm, I'm a, and he likes rhyming apparently I'm, yes I'm also a campanologist. That's, that's why. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so you like you like to ring bells. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes. Yes. Wow. Is, that, is that ringing any bells? Follow <laughs> me. I'm not sure how to beat answer a, that question. Ball. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. So, so how are you today, Bell Joshman? I, I'm completely reinvigorated. Yes. And. My hours of sleep. Wow. And I, I, my, my oven has a, a fully functional light. <laughs> really? Yes. That's pretty coincidental. Mm. That is really cool. You guys would get on like a house on fire, I reckon, Josh. Yeah, I like that oven with a Your names thing. are kind of similar and you've got similar interests. They're like the same but upside down. Kind of, yeah, kind mm-hmm. of. Um, and yeah, he seems like a really, really fun guy. Oh, um, thank you. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm actually a, a Libra, mm-hmm. but on my horoscope, I write RY afterwards. Because the li- library, oh, yes. Oh, Libra, right? Yeah, yeah. Libra. 
I like that before. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like this Bell Josh thing. He's full of like, interesting facts like cool that. You gonna you know what? You know what, Bell? Usually, um, when a complete stranger just sort of like starts rapping to the microphone, they're really like high-pitched manner. I asked him to leave my house, but like you, you seem to have something. I think you could be very, a very useful member of this podcast group. Oh, thank you. I'd like to, I'd like you to make, make you an offer to uh, induct you into the uh, official podcast club, the Faking Lit Honor Board, Ooh, if you will. That sounds lovely. So, I mean, it, I, I, Alice is on it, Josh is on it, I'm on it. Mm. Dan didn't quite make the cut, but like, uh, no. you, Too you fat. can... He's so fat. What a fat guy. He's like, he's just like, oh, disgustingly. Oh, I've seen him and he's actually very lean. Yeah, he has like a a BMI between 18 and 25. Very healthy. Mm. I actually thought thought his BMI was between 24 and 100. Wow, there's, um, this is going to be an interesting debate, I think. Uh, I think I've seen a pattern here. But no, welcome aboard the Faking Lit. Let me extend to you a hearty oh, handshake. Thank you. And welcome to the team, Bell Joshman. Um, I'm hoping you can give us some interesting facts on uh, the book that we're discussing today, which is A Confederacy of Dunces by John Kennedy Tool. Now this, I'm going to say up front, is one of my favourite books of all time. And, you know, like... I was almost afraid to actually do this book uh, on the podcast because I was afraid that, you know, uh, everybody kind of make fun of it if they didn't like it and I'd get very sensitive. You know, I, you do that thing where you sort of like uh, put too much of your own, like invest too much of yourself within something that you like and you confuse people attacking the thing that you like with personal attacks yeah, like upon your yourself. character, yeah. Well, yeah, almost like you're in character. Like, yeah. you, you, it's not, so I'm trying to do um, the grown-up thing, which is what most people should do, even if you do love something, just because other people don't like the thing that you like doesn't mean that they don't like you as well. I think that's a good lesson for everybody to learn out there. So with a bit of trepidation, I'm going to go around the table and just ask you, what were your first impressions of this book? Uh, Josh, what did you think of this? Um, I'm not thinking of the whole book, but what were your first impressions coming to this book? Did you know? Were you familiar with this book? Well, I really love the cover. Yeah, the okay. cover of the one that I read. I mean, the one that you've got here. Mm-hmm. It's got a picture of a um, uh, Ignatius, the the main protagonist, mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. a with a stupid hat on, like sort of. It's kind of like a deer stalker hat. Yeah, isn't it? like a, like a sort of weird uh, Sherlock Holmes hat. Mm-hmm. But I actually like like the one where he's holding a little scimitar. Oh, yes, yes, part of his uh, costume that's, later on. Uh, yeah, and that's, I mean, that's really the where, where I get my first impressions of books from, I think, is the, the, the outer um, skin of the book. I think that's the most important bit, and then you need to kind of go inwards as kind of after so, that. So, wait, 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 you say that you, you do tend to judge a book by its cover, is that what you're saying? Yeah, and, and it served me pretty well. I did actually like the cover, and then I loved the book. Okay, well. okay. So uh, my impression of it was overwhelmingly positive. Okay, so that's a first impression. It's a good first impression. Alice, what was your first impressions of this book? Funny. Mm-hmm. It's my brief, brief first impression. Succinct and to the point. Mm-hmm. I find that's um that's that's good. That's good. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, are I, you back? <laughs> I heard you were back, but you sound, you're sounding not that back right it now. It sounds like she's sort of receding further away, having returned. Yeah. I, it was the cake, 
have to say that you cake, ate cake. Uh, cake before. Yeah, full disclosure, we had some cake at the podcast table because I feel like everybody's like in the in a bit to boost everyone's sugar levels and hopefully invigorate everybody. Uh, we had some cake, um, at which Alice provided. Um, yeah, I trust your judgment on cake usually in these like, oh um, thank you yeah um it tends to be on the sweet side chocolate, for me chocolate fudge cake um with a, with some m&ms on top yeah um, put m&ms on top of it i mean that's <laughs> i'm greedy i mean it was a good move it was a strong move um i'm waiting for the sugar levels to sort of kick in now but uh i mean this is a sort of meal that i think that uh, uh ignatius j riley would have uh wolfed down um mm, uh, like with joy bruce bogtrotter mm. in matilda yeah that's that was my first impression. There you go. Of another book by Roald Dahl. <laughs> he reminded me of Bruce Bogtrotter. Okay, okay. All right. Um, and, and Belle. Belle, what did you think of this? Uh, Ooh, well, first well, impressions. First well, impressions. Well, well, I, I think um, you, should, you should never judge a book by its cover. And I, I, I didn't... Um, um, I really... Um, uh, I really didn't like the cover of this book. I, what did you take? <laughs> I wait, 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 hold on a second. Are you just are you just listening to what Josh has to say and then just deliberately like disagreeing with him? Um, uh, no, but but, but uh, do you not think we need we need a diversity of uh, of, of opinions? You can't just say oh everybody says the book is good, can you? Well, if the book is good, then yeah, surely everybody should think the book no, is good. No, no. Why do you think people like um like um um. Kira Kurosawa. <laughs> I think he's great. No, yeah, I think he's rubbish. You disagree with me now? Okay, fine. Uh, what, what Bell asked you was, why do you think people like Kira Kurosawa? Oh. Not, not what do you think. Oh, why sorry, do sorry. Think, why do I? Why do you think like? Why do you think like people like <laughs> Kira Because they think because he's good. No, you're misunderstanding. Okay. Yeah. okay. What? Do, why do you think? Comma, like Kira Kurosawa. <laughs> oh, okay. What do I think? Like Kira Kurosawa, for example. Okay, for example, Kira Kurosawa. That's a very hard question to answer because uh, it doesn't seem to go anywhere. Um, well, that's just the point that I okay. was trying to make. Okay, okay. That's is the that point. it's important that we consider things from different angles. Mm. Fair enough. Okay, so, so like, I appreciate. No. Mm. So like, it's almost like the New York Times op-ed. Like, we need yes. a plethora of voices, no matter how ridiculous the position may well be, as long as it's heard. All voices to be heard at the same level because the uh, quality of opinion. Yes, I, I think I think that's why on um, on uh, something like BBC Question Time, we should have a member of the Labour Party and uh, a neo-Nazi mm. and somebody who uh, disagrees with climate change. Wait, so like a, a member of the Labour Party <laughs> and a neo-Nazi because they're something similar. <laughs> Okay. No, 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 I mean, like, okay. I, surely there's a middle ground that they can both agree on something, I don't know, I don't know, uh, but yeah, interesting, interesting uh, uh, thought, okay, so you're, you're, for, you're here to bring, what, a contrarian perspective then to the table? Yes, um, um, yeah, the, the, the quintessential um, uh, maverick. Well, I think that's a brilliant idea. Well, I think that's a terrible idea. <laughs> To put on a maverick. I mean, wait, wait. You think you think your idea was terrible? Now? Yes. Okay. All right. I mean, what's what's the point of having an opinion if, if it's just a bit, yeah? If it's not, there's no veracity to it. It's just a yeah. It's just a 
Yeah, it's, it's like having like, a debate about climate change. I changed my mind. You're right. <laughs> no, well, I'm completely wrong. Obviously, <laughs> you, you need you need to have you need to have heterodoxy, uh, you know, diversity of opinions. This is very hard for me to get a, 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 a read on this situation. But well, I, I that's can, what I we can, do on this. I can, put, do. I can put a nut on this. Mm-hmm. I'm not on this. Uh, well, I can put, put a nut. On I this. can put a bolt on this. I can put a bolt on this. <laughs> I can put a nut on this, and I think I think I can agree to disagree. Okay, okay. Shall and we? And I can disagree to agree. So, <laughs> shall we try and engage with that? That's fair. Let's try and engage. Unfair, man. It's very unfair, man. <laughs> Shall we try and engage with the uh, the, the, the text? I, the first thing I want to ask you, first, like uh, first and foremost, this is a book about a a man in this uh, age thirty called Ignatius J. Riley. Um, he's been held up as one of the uh, one of the greatest comic figures in American literature, and he is a fat, flatulent, arrogant, uh, very ego egotistical and um, pretentious man who lives with his mother. Hold up, hold up, sorry. Are you describing Dan? Ooh. <laughs> 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 that was a that was a, <laughs> That was a slam and a half, Alice. It's not even here. I mean I guess I'm going to allow this because he's not been made uh, part of the official yeah. faking lip. The board. cool crew, the, the cool right crew, the cool exactly. Crew. Everybody do the secret handshake. <laughs> well, I think that's fair. I think that's an absolute fair. Like, if you're not a member of the secret super cool club, we can dunk on you all day. That's, yeah, that's Dunkin' those... Dan nuts. Dunkin' Dan nuts, okay. <laughs> I'm glad you found that one. <laughs> Do you know who's not glad, though? <laughs> oh, it's just a... It's really pure. Oh, I think it's not very funny at all. No. Ooh. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I was going to ask you, what... Do you like Ignatius J. Riley as a character? Yeah, well, I, I really like Dan, so yeah, I've got to say, I like the character. <laughs> so he just dunked on Dan and said, we're going to rip it out of him, but actually, I like him. I like yeah, him. of course I like him. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. But right. what do you like about Ignatius J. Riley? And what do you like about Dan, I guess, by extension? Because um, like, because he is apparently a fat, pretentious man fool. who lives in... Lovable yeah. fool. Is he lovable, though? Who? Ignatius J. Riley? Oh, okay. Or Dan I wasn't as well. Sure you okay. Well, yeah, well, I think Dan and Ignatius are getting very, very, like, uh, enmeshed each other. Because I'm just going to raise to the point that, like, Ignatius is kind of racist. He constantly bemoans the fact that there are blacks moving into the na- neighborhood and. Hold on, sorry. What are you saying about Dan? <laughs> I don't know. Does Dan believe this as well? I don't know. What, is that what you're saying? Is that what you're implying? I, I don't know. I, I don't know Dan as well as, um, I, I, as maybe you do. Uh, but I know Ignatius J. Riley and Ignatius J. Riley is kind of a farty racist guy. Okay. Dan's know? farty, but I don't know. How farty is Dan? You don't want to know. Mm. Have you ever been under the covers of Dan? No, Let's I haven't. Let's just say he's the king, the, the king of, um, the Netherlands. The King of the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Does that mean he's got a big dick? <laughs> Dutch oven. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay. I remember okay. the Netherlands and my nether regions. Ew, no. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, all right, so he... 
He farts a lot. And, he, <laughs> and apparently he insists on keeping the duvets tightly sealed around the bed when he farts. He, never, so he store it all he up. always puts his head under there. That, doesn't <laughs> he, he store it up. I say, like, wait a second. I'm going to wait home till I'm snug in my bed and I've been tucked in. Put, <laughs> and I can put, 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 put. <laughs> Oh, so warm. Keeps me warm on these cold winter nights. <laughs> then he says, Alice, Alice, come here, come here. <laughs> he's all wafting, he does yeah. do that. He does that. Does, does the bed ever sort of like lift off the ground because of all the hot air that's trapped underneath those um, duvet covers? It's not helium. <laughs> no, it's hot air though. Hot air rises. Have you heard of a hot air balloon? <laughs> Yeah, but that's set up sat on fire, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's the Hindenburg. That was not, that's just that's my yeah, particular. Yeah, I'm going to rebel here. Uh, well, I disagree with myself. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see. Set the, they didn't set the whole balloon on fire and go, right, now we're flying. They do, they do. They put hot air Sorry, have it. you ever seen one? Because I've seen one and they set it on fire. <laughs> so so what, what I'm trying to propose is that uh, I'm trying to picture a, a version of uh, you've seen the movie Up right yeah so yeah. so in Up except that rather than the balloons it's Dan's bum and a, and he's got a, like a lighter and he goes and it lifts the house up oh, no, I, was, I was going <laughs> the other sort of with his bum in the air and, just goes, and he gets the lighter and goes <laughs> Because it's white time. <laughs> oh, this is the form my grief has taken. <laughs> Just lighting my own farts. <laughs> so I can fly away. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, <laughs> we might judge how a person grieves the loss of their wife. Um, Wait, Dan's married? No, he used to be. Oh my god. No, he's not. Yeah, that movie Up, that documentary Up, um, which is based on Dan's life, apparently. Um, okay, so you like Ignatius. Uh, only because only it reminds me of Dan. Okay, um, I mean, and because of the racism. No. Oh, sorry. It's the farting. Yeah, the farting, farting. not the racism. Okay. Gosh. Um, Josh, what did you think? What do you think? Well, you like Ignatius? Well, I sort of um, warmed him after a while. I didn't really get what was happening with him, I was like, why is he such a bad person? Mm. But then I think after a while, you, you kind of, you, you relate to him in a way that he exemplifies the sort of bad fool in all of us. Okay. We all have like a, a sort of a kernel of Ignatius within us. Right, right. What, what, what do you think your kernel of uh, Ignatius is? It's also farting. <laughs> I fuck that a lot and I'm very stupid at work when people give me things to do I right. just throw the work you, you throw the, the work in the bin and then you wank into a rubber girl <laughs> whilst um, thinking about your dog yeah yeah I, I I definitely throw my work in the bin it's really difficult because I actually I'm actually very upfront about that on my CV I say if you give me something to do I will throw it in the bin and um yeah I'm happy to have this job that I've got now do they give you much paperwork? No, they actually put it on the screen. Oh, okay. They know I'm too lazy to unplug the screen, so I can't throw <laughs> the screen in the bin, so I just do it because there's less effort than throwing the screen. Wow, in the bin. what a clever workaround. Your bosses are like some sort of genius. They wear, they wear really thick glasses. Mm, okay. I think that's how they get so smart. Do, are they happy with the farting? Yeah, I, I actually put a little Ziploc bag 
down there and I save it, save it all up for later and I give it to Dan. <laughs> and then he and Dan attaches it to his house so he can fly away later. Yeah, I think he's he's, he's got a whole he's got a storage locker full of ziplock fart bags. So just, just in case he ever has to marry again and his wife dies again, yeah. so he can fly away. Yeah, well, that's it's the circle of life, right? What about you, Bell? How? What, what, do you think? what do I think? Well, uh, actually, what do you think of Ignatius? Well, I. I, I I thought like the antithesis of what you thought actually. What's the... <laughs> so what might that be? It's, it's very difficult to keep track because. <laughs> oh, well, I, I actually quite uh, quite, quite uh, liked him as first. This Ignatius P. Riley. Did you yeah. like him as well? No, you, I think you, I think you, you warmed, warmed to him. I was like, well, I you know I got a kind of I, yeah I kind of felt a bit more alienated from him afterwards. Okay. Like, I mean I mean he, he's trying his best. He's a very educated man. He's got a master's degree. He's got interests. He, he goes to the VHS store. I think. And then he actually gets a job. Yeah, his mum goes, gets a job, and he gets a job as a hot dog vendor. Yes. And, and he's trying his best, kind of thing. So, yeah. And so you think he, he actually is... A, and uh, I wouldn't say he was racist. Like, actually, in, in one of the... When he's working, I think it's in Levi Pants, he actually tries to kind of save the black people who are yeah, oppressed there. It's in the 1960s. They're, they're all in the front of factory jobs. That's he tries true. to write, cause an uprising. I, yeah, I'm not sure whether it's because it's more to do with the, the, the um, helping out um, poor black people as much yeah. as, as it is just to sort of like cause trouble though and avoid work. Um, and just his dislike of the bosses and the people he has to work well, for. Well, I mean, but, I mean, I can empathize with him. He's got, he's doing slave labor. I mean, I have a job actually mm. where mm. Um, I take paper out, out of a bin. Mm. <laughs> and I give it to W. H. Smith. So wait, you work at a recycling plant? <laughs> no, no, I take, I just go around to bins and take like work. Oh, you're from a, a bin. So you're, are <laughs> you a trash man? No, do you mean like a pigeonhole? <laughs> no, I, I work from a bin because so you're a trash <laughs> man. You're a you're a dustbin man. <laughs> We're a dustbin man who tries to sell to W. H. Smith, but they they don't. <laughs> I mean, I'm not getting much money at the moment. He's like a rag and bone man. He's a rag and bone man, but. Paper. I, I mean, yeah. There's, there's lots of you know. There's like banana skins and used condoms in there. So like, W. H. Smith don't really want to take that. But um, so how's it going for you? How's it going? But the, the supply side is good because <laughs> some guy keeps throwing his work. What? Oh, some guy. What are these bins? <laughs> I just fell of condoms and bananas. And it's it your bin. And work, and work. <laughs> so why don't you care to explain? I don't know what you're talking about. I, I honestly have no idea, but I've never thrown away a condom. You know, for <laughs> what do you What do you do with condoms? I don't agree with condoms. Ooh. I think it's a, it's, it, 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 it's a waste of plastic. It's much better to just have a child. <laughs> Which is obviously better for the environment. Much better for the environment. Okay, okay. They're uh, biodegradable. That's true. <laughs> when that's they grow up, true. well, you don't, you don't, you don't have the child and then die away. You, you let it grow up and then, and then die and then, and die and then it will decompose. And then you put it in the ground. Yes, that's right. That's absolutely true. That's. And I go, I'm Jewish, so in the Jewish religion, in the Jewish tradition, that's like you're meant to bury people straight away. You don't put any preservatives in the body. You have the funeral the next day. So. We're, wow. we're probably the most biodegradable of all religions. And also the most delicious and healthy. What? Excuse me? Well, no preservatives, right? Or artificial oh, well, flavours yeah, or we, sweeteners. We, we spoil quick, tell you that much. <laughs> but so fresh, so fresh. I mean, get yourself a fresh Jew, I always say. Always. But don't, yeah. let, it, don't let it hang around too long. Jew, yeah. 
Um, I, I, okay, so everybody here has given me the ideas. We, we find, I'm getting the sense that we all found, found Ignatius a very fascinating figure. Especially because he farts a lot. The farting, I'm getting a lot of the farting uh, love today. Um, one of the criticisms that has been leveled at um, a confederacy of dancers, and particularly at Ignatius J. Riley, is that he doesn't seem to change over the course of this novel. No. He still he he begins the novel as a bit of a, uh, a, a superior, pretentious asshole loser who farts a lot, and he ends the book as a superior, pretentious asshole who continues to fart. Um, now, is this a problem? Do you think in when you read a book uh, of the length of the Confederacy of Dancers, do you expect any story that you read? For the characters to change and develop, especially if they start from such, you know, inauspicious beginnings. But well, surely that depends on the, the time frame of the book. Mm. Uh, if, if a book is set in one day for something, um, well, how can they change? Well, mm. it depends. I mean, it could be like a very, very, uh, it could be an incredibly eventful day. I mean, that's the whole point. Otherwise, it'd just be a book. Some people say that if you read a story, what you're meant to get out of it, if you look at the um, traditional, what the, the, the hero's journey, um, they identify uh, the, the hero sets out on this quest, initially denying it, um, works his way through many tribulations, and by the sword end, fight. sword fight, but then returns to uh, possibly the state where he was at the beginning of the story, having learned something. Yeah. And, um, you, you can see some, even the most basic sort of sitcoms follow the story structure in a way. Something is learned. The characters may have learned a lesson. Something changes slightly. They might learn something. Mm. I don't think Ignatius necessarily learns anything, but is this something that we need in our stories, do you think? Um, no, no, because I actually read one of the uh, director's cuts of, um, The Very Hungry Caterpillar, and he just, he stays the same weight and he just stays a caterpillar. Wait, sorry. So, in the director's cut of the very hungry caterpillar, the caterpillar. <laughs> Who's the director? Just, the, yeah, first one of the director. No, 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 no. There is a film of it. It's on Netflix. <laughs> so, but in this one, they, the director apparently in the director's cut jettisoned the ending in which the caterpillar turns into a butterfly. <laughs> Well, they just the caterpillar just gets really fat. No, as a cocoon, and it comes out the cocoon of fat caterpillar. No, he he stays the same weight because nothing changes. It's just like yeah, that's so artistic this, integrity. Uh, they're very hungry. Oh, I ate a whole mango, but I also burnt the exact number of calories that a mango contains, and then it goes on like that and so forth. I mean, I, I will say one thing: if you set your story up with your character being a caterpillar, right, then the. Uh, the implication is that by the end of the story, your caterpillar should have turned into a butterfly. That's what I'm saying. If, yeah, you, well, if your character's a caterpillar, sure, that's the, it's that's Chekhov's it. caterpillar. Yeah, right? yeah, but that's the, yeah, that's the implication. Caterpillar. You, you don't shoot it. <laughs> you you know. put a caterpillar in the scene. Gotta yeah. make sure it gets shot. Exactly, exactly. Uh, like, all turns into a butterfly. Whichever, whichever. Mm. But that's what you're setting up. Those are the stakes involved in your story that you're telling. Yeah, yeah but, but that's why this guy who directed it, I forget his name, uh, he um, pupae Lava boy, <laughs> he um, pupae <laughs> lava boy. Right, I'll, I'll, I'll look more into his, his back catalogue. Yes, well, um, I, I will not look into his back catalogue. Okay, <laughs> I'm seeing you being rather antagonistic. Pupae lava boy. Yes, pupae lava boy. Shabba. P u p a e l a. R V A 
Well, then there's, there's, no, there's no R, L A V A. And then. Oh, like lava as in yeah, molten then, earth core. Yes. And then okay. boy, B O I. B O I? Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay, all right. So that's the director of the very hungry caterpillar. I guess. I. I think in that particular story, like maybe denying uh, the audience the opportunity to see your caterpillar turn to butterfly might be a deliberate move to actually subvert audience expectation. It seems very purposeful because, you know, you think of caterpillars, you also think about butterflies. It's kind of Mm. hand in hand. Um, But Ignatius J. Riley is not introduced to us as a caterpillar because caterpillar is viewed as something which contains potential, whereas... Ignatius does not seem to contain any potential whatsoever. Maybe they they both eat quite a lot. I think there's like there's quite a lot of uh, yeah. They both have they spend a lot of time alone in the, in in a cocoon. Thoughts, right? Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and uh, and but but also I, th- I think you're forgetting that he, um, he may not change. But but then that's you know that's this kind of Chekhov's thing. You want him to change because he's he's not a very nice do person you, to yeah, begin. Yeah, yeah you, you want, want him, to, him to change though because he's. Yeah, you want him to improve his life, get out of his mum's house. Are you um, denying someone their identity by wanting them to change? Uh, no. <laughs> Aren't you saying you're not good enough the way you are? Well, I think all people are good enough the way they are. I don't think Ignatius is. Um, I honestly think... Well, who are you to make that judgment Well, for? that's my opinion. That's my opinion. Um, take who it are you either. to have an opinion? <laughs> I, I think, uh, what, you're saying who nobody can you have an opinion? Who made you the Opinions. I, I, I will say that like everybody's yes, entitled to their opinion. So. <laughs> everybody's entitled to their opinion. Um, my opinion is that uh, Ignatius is almost the opposite of a caterpillar. A caterpillar represents um, is a symbol of potential, whereas uh, Ignatius is kind of like um, to me, he represents wasted potential. He's a guy who has received uh, education. Um, and he has all these lofty ideals and he writes in his, like, uh, in his, ta- uh, in his journals, like a critique, uh, of like the modern world, but it never seems to go anywhere and he doesn't seem to be achieving anything. He represents me like the, uh, a boundless sort of disappointment. And I think that's sort of kind of like but, implicit but, in. But the, what the do you book. expect? He has a humanities degree. Do you expect him to get, to get a job? And, uh, well, what degree do you have? Uh, I have a degree in uh, taking work out of bins. <laughs> And then trying to sell it to the <laughs> Where did you study that? <laughs> Sorry? Where did you study that, Bell? Um, say University of um, Southern. <laughs> that was the loudest swallow. <laughs> yeah, really? Well, I don't think I'm going to trust anything that comes out of your mouth. Where did you study taking huh? things out of bins? <laughs> I studied at the University of Southern, the North. Oh, so the swallow wasn't meant to be in there? <laughs> no, 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 sorry. University of <laughs> Southern the North. Yeah. That's interesting because I stayed at the University of Northern the South. <laughs> what did you study, Josh? Putting things in things. <laughs> How interesting. Is there's, there's something going on here? Is there some sort of like weird sort of like connection between you two? I don't know. He looks. He doesn't look anything like you, to be honest. He looks nothing like me. <laughs> No, no, but almost, I mean, almost looks like the exact opposite of you. Yeah, like, like, he's got like a concave face. <laughs> and uh, wait, 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 also, I, I know you, you have a goatee beard, whereas my cheeks are completely covered in hair. And, 
what's going on with your eyes? <laughs> they're, just, they're just shooting light out of them. Whereas for me, <laughs> light seems to be passing into my eyes. Yours is firing beams of, of, of light out. I don't understand. This is very interesting. I, I think it's very dull, actually. Uh, um, yes. Uh, but, but to get back to, 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 to the book, I think this character, he catalyzes change in everybody else. He, mm. Just because he might not change, everybody else changes, right? You're absolutely correct in that point. Um, Ignatius is an um, agent for change, often like, without even meaning. He is an Asian for change. I've been saying this all along. He's an Asian for change. <laughs> no, no, he's not an Asian. What, an Asian yes, tramp, in other words? Because an Asian tramp? Because they're... Yes, <laughs> Asian vagabond. Okay, I right. think I think. Hey, wait, you should just agree on that. Oh dear! Oh, dear. <laughs> what? Oh dear! Unless <laughs> <laughs> you had some sort of prearranged agreement. <laughs> we did. Well, that's that's the process, isn't it? Maybe that's <laughs> the most neutral comment you could possibly make. So the the comment of making maybe. So you agreeing both... that agreeing that uh, Ignatius is is a uh, is an Asian. <laughs> so that's the point that you met in the middle. Alan. It's so neutral. It's so neither true nor false. It's very hard that to the disagree. opposite of it is actually the same thing. Okay, all right. Um, I stick to that. You know, my good sir, I do. I stick to my nose on that. What are your thoughts, Bill? Well, no, I'm, I'm... I have to say, I have to actually agree with uh, my, my friend here, Josh Bell. He is an Asian. He dresses up as a, a gypsy with a ring. The... And gypsy, gypsies come from Asia. He does. That's why he has a... Well, it doesn't explain why he has a scimitar. He eats a lot of rice. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> he does eat a lot of rice. Predominantly rice. Yeah. Wherever he goes, he always asks for rice. And he also masturbates into a glove whilst thinking of his dog. So, yes. Uh, like, uh, yeah, I never understood that bit. <laughs> well, I... That's because you don't understand what it means to be an Asian for change. Clearly, <laughs> but well, you, you would know <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But okay, so on the change side, on the change side, okay. So you would say that like all the characters around Ignatius are affected um, indirectly by his actions, and they change, but he doesn't. He remains the same. Mm. Um, I, I mean, this is interesting. This is interesting. This is what gives the book its kind of, like, drive, I guess, the idea of um, Ignatius being this oblivious fool who just sort of, like, falls from constant situation to constant situation, changing and affecting everybody around him, whilst also resolutely refusing to do anything to correct his own behaviour. Um, what I found fascinating is that the reason why, when John Kennedy Tall initially submitted his book mm. to publishers, yeah. it was rejected was. with the criticism that it wasn't about anything. Now, do you think this is, I mean, what do you think of that, like uh, that statement? Is a confederacy of dancers about anything? And if it is, what is it about? If it isn't, is that a problem? Did that affect your enjoyment? It's about a confederacy of dancers. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's um, taken from the um, Alexander Pope quotes. When a true genius appears in the world, you may know him by this sign that the dancers are all in confederacy against him. That's taken from his um, uh, poem, Thoughts on Various Subjects, Moral and Diverting. And that's what the book's about. It's about uh, Ignatius as a true genius. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I told you, it's just like Dan. <laughs> so wait, who, who are the confederacy of dancers that are allied against Dan? You lot, not letting him in the cool club. Oh, 
Well, I, I may I, have to rename our. Put on this dunce hat, Chin. Well, okay. It's, my head. it's a bit small for my head, actually. That's good. Oh, actually, well, it makes me look like a member of the Ku Klux Klan. I don't like that. Uh, look, um, look, I'll admit that Ignatius we... Ignatius would like that, though. He probably would. I'll admit we give Dan a bit of a rough time, but uh, that's because he's not a genius, though. He's not a genius. Mm-hmm. He's a bit of a... He's a bit of a dunce himself, you know. Um, and I think Ignatius right. is a bit of a, a bit of a dunce. Um, he, he's not exactly as clever as he thinks he is. A lot of his... Uh, uh, he's very boring... Um, mm-hmm. he goes on and on and on about things that don't really, nobody really cares about. Uh, and he's incredibly pretentious. So I don't necessarily think that oh, he. Oh, sounds would... like he should be in our club. <laughs> in fact, he should come on this podcast one of these days. I'm sure I'd like to pick his brains. But I, th- I think the, the idea is that what you were saying is about a true genius. I don't necessarily agree with it. I think it's the the illusion of him being a true genius, and I think that's what gives the book a lot of its comedy. And I think that's what like, how comedy works is yeah. the distance between how a character thinks of themselves and what mm. the reality is. So it's a he's a high status clown. Yeah, yeah, like um, no different from a lot of like a mod. He's a very modern character in many ways. I can see a lot of people. Uh, David Brent. A, well, David Brent's the classic um, example. Um, but we've got loads of like different uh, characters in comedy who are idiots who are unaware of how idiotic or terrible or cringeworthy they are. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if that name twelve. Basil Fawlty. Basil Fawlty. David uh, Trent already got one. We got David Brent. He doesn't count. We already named him. Oh, we have named David twelve Trent. more. We got That's one. Like, that's enough for now. Yeah, that'll do oh, that'll oh, do. oh, 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 oh. The guy from Anchorman. Oh, Ron Burgundy. There you go. Uh, funnily Sam. enough, funnily enough, um, Will Ferrell was actually in talks to start in an adaptation of The Confederacy of Dunces, but that fell through. Um, in fact, The Confederacy of Dunces has been um, attempted to be adapt, uh, adapted into a film several times. The first time was in uh, 82, when um, Harold Ramis was going to direct it, and it was going to star Danny Croyd and John Belushi, but John Belushi died. Excuse me, who? Danny Croyd? Uh, Dan A. Croyd. Aykroyd. Dan A. Croyd. Dan Aykroyd. Ray from um, uh, Ghostbusters. He, he's from the. He's a member of the Eggheads. Egg. The, the quiz. Did he kill? <laughs> did he? Did he kill someone in um, in a Dutch canal? <laughs> and then write about it in his book. So, I think that night I killed a man. <laughs> Check out Ghostbusters. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Um, that book. But yeah, it's, it's everybody's said it's a cursed project because other actors who have been interested in the role of Ignatius J. Riley have included John Candy and uh, Chris Farley, uh, who both died. Um, and it's they've never been able to actually get it off the ground. Although well, last year, well, is, is, new, though, is that just talking about the health effects of obesity? Then essentially, <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. I mean, that in itself feeds back wait, into the wait, book. Wait, it never got off the ground. Never got off the ground. No. Do you know why? <laughs> Because <laughs> they didn't... Not the right diet. They didn't have enough farts. <laughs> I, I, I blame... They kept throwing their farts away. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I blame Dan's um, pass as a skater boy when he used to like sit around the campfire <laughs> eating beans and seeing, seeing heaven as a half pot <laughs> and how it's had an irrevocable effect on his like digestive system now. All those beans. He loves beans. It's his favourite food. Of course. Of course. Doesn't it surprise me? He sings that little chant about beans, isn't it? Yeah. Well, how does that go? Beans, beans. Good for your heart. 
The more you, you eat, eat, the more you beans, beans, good for your heart. I miss my dead wife. Put put. <laughs> time, to, time to fly away. I miss my dead wife. I miss my dead wife. Time to fly away. You know, oh, you know that um, song by Beyonce, Ape Shit. Yes, I do. <laughs> Dan actually co-wrote that song. That is very. Impressive. Did he provide some of the background <laughs> notes? <laughs> well, it, it, you know, the very Put put put. <laughs> Did he also voice Pingu? Yes. <laughs> that was just his bum. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I was. I was gonna. Okay. I, I was gonna raise a point about how much um, it's important. Do you think that like um, the we were trying to talk about what the book was about, and I'm still not sure we've, re- we've really nailed it down. Do you think this book is about anything? Oh yes, Josh. Well, I think it's about. Um, kind of very as you say it's a very contemporary issue it's kind of like sort of Seinfeld meets Don Quixote Ooh, that's a nice way to sum it up <laughs> yeah and it is because it's it's inherently about nothing there are transient characters that have very little impact if, if any at all on the on the on the protagonists <laughs> But then at the end, it's all uh, it's all about sort of a crazy person that's in denial about what's that, what reality is, and they're completely out of touch. But they seem to bumble through the world either way. That's interesting. Um, that's very interesting because I think that's a that's a theme that's really uh, relevant to the times that we live in these days. I mean, this book is obviously written in the uh, and set in the early sixties. Yeah, didn't get released until the eighties. But yeah, um, true. If you ask me, I I, I read. Coming back to this book now, reading it from the perspective of 2018, I can't help but feel that if Ignatius J. Riley was alive today, he would be on 4chan and Reddit. Um, mm. I, I think he'd be an incel, actually, because um, like, re- angry about the fact that he is a virgin and that the world, he was born in the wrong generation and constantly bemoaning how um, corrupt and awful this world is. Um, whether he... I don't know if it be if he'd be less sympathetic because of that though. Well, incels are a very difficult issue, aren't they, Bell? Well, no, I think they're very easy issue. <laughs> What's so easy about them? If it was so easy, why don't they get laid? I'm all right. <laughs> I'm all right. Boom. Bam. Boom. Ah. Oh, boom. Wow. Wow. wow, look at all these people. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. I am a god. I'm a golden god. But the, the, but the solution is very easy. It's all they have to do is, uh, according to Jordan Peterson, is just clean the room. And then your life is sorted. Oh, sorry, oh, okay. sorry, could you repeat that? You, you said that so quickly. Oh, sorry. If you, if you clean your room, then your, your life will be sorted. Hmm. Have you tried that? I mean, no, I've never cleaned, cleaned my room. Is that why? <laughs> too much effort. I mean, I could try. But... Well, I like to take my work home with me. From, oh, from of the course, bin yeah, yeah. And... the rubbish and then... So wait, <laughs> after you've taken it from the, the bins and failed to sell it to W.H. Smith, you just dump it in your bedroom. Why are you only trying to sell it to W.H. Smith as well? Yeah. What about Ryman's? I don't, I don't, like, I don't like Ryman's, because um, that guy from Dragon's Den, Theo Perfetus, he, mm. he's like the CEO. Yes. I don't like him. See the one that calls everyone a pedo. 
Yeah, like Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Sorry, <laughs> I think Fiona Capiche also got involved. So yeah, yeah, I would send some uh, paperwork to uh, Thailand to rescue these uh, boys trapped in a cave. Yeah, do you need, do you need some binders? I got some binders. No, we're all right. You're a pedophile. You're a pedo. Take my binders. Yeah, all of these CEOs, they just all look the same. And they, they all offered, you didn't know about all the other CEOs who offered their services as well. Duncan Bannatine as well, he offered he, he offered some of his services, got turned down, oh, you're a pedo, and like, yeah. well, that's... Was that your Scottish accent? That was, that oh, was, you're a pedo. Oh, you're a pedo. <laughs> you're, you're a pedo. <laughs> who else I'm fit. Uh, <laughs> and, uh... Te- um, what, what was his name? Uh, Terence Conran. He offered him like some furniture from Habitat. Yeah, like, chuck you a <laughs> Send you a sofa. Let's put that down there. Oh, we're all right, Terence. We're all right. You're a pedo. <laughs> well, it's how business is, is conducted in the 21st century, I think. Rupert Murdoch. Oh, oh, I've got some of satellite dishes. I can send you uh, help those poor boys. He just cracked a satellite dish. <laughs> send you a satellite dish and some newspapers. Well, we good. We good. You're a pedophile. <laughs> Mates. I like that Deborah Meaden was there as well. <laughs> she did she offered to do whatever she does. And then uh then yeah. she just called them a pedo as well. So, I think I think Sir Alan offered to fire all the kids that were in the cave. I can fire them for you, I can fire them. Or make one of them my apprentice. Nah, that's not really gonna help, Sir Alan. Oh, you're a pedophile. Last point I wanna raise here. Uh I wanna talk about the relationship between Ignatius and Myrna Minkoff. Myrna Minkoff being... A Jew. Well, yes. A big, fat Jew. <laughs> well, a big, fat, dumb Jew. <laughs> I don't know. A little Jewy Jew with a fucking little head. Josh, should we tell the people at home who you are? Because, like, if they don't know who you are... Fucking Jew. They, they, might, they might take this the wrong way. Yeah, and they're, and they're entitled to. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I want to say that like, Josh Belvin doesn't represent our views on faking there. Isn't that right, Bell? Yes, he, yes. He doesn't, he doesn't recommend it, yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, um, what, what are your thoughts on Mona Minkoff? <laughs> well, I think she's a thin Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, it's a very hot take. It's a very hot take. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's factually accurate either. I mean, maybe the thin side, yeah. I don't know about Minkoff. Muslim? Huh? Really? Yes. Okay. Mohammed okay. Minkoff. Mohammed Minkoff. I think you're just changing the facts now. <laughs> I think you're just changing the facts to suit your narrative. It's kind of amazing, mate. I can say whatever I want and he just says the opposite of it. Well, no, you agree with one thing, which is <laughs> that Ignatius Riley is an Asian for change. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe maybe you can meet in the middle somewhere. Um, I want to put a question to the, the group. So... Um, Ignatius and Myrna have had this sort of relationship, mostly that we get an insight into through the correspondence they share, writing letters to each other. She's based in New York, he's in uh, New Orleans, and they have these sort of like this kind of contentious relationship where they represent two totally opposite people, uh, much like you two, actually, in many ways. Uh, Myrna is a Jewish thin. Um, I'm, a, I, I'm, I'm a thin Jew. You are, you are. Um, I'm a uh, big, fat, thin Jew. She's she, she, a hippie as well. She's How would you describe yourself? Me? Yeah. <laughs> little, thin... <laughs> little, little big planets. <laughs> <laughs> what, he's a planet? So wait, you're, you're, a, you're the video game, Little Big Planet? Uh, yes. Well, I mean, we're all planets, aren't we? 
No. We're not all planets. My nephew says that sometimes, but he's three. (laughs) (laughs) Auntie Alice, I'm a planet. Yeah, he'll be like, I'm coming over to your planet. I'm the planet. He loves the word planet. But he's easily three Earth years in his planet. That's like longer. Yeah, you do that. (laughs) Oh, wait, you two agree on that as well. (laughs) Apparently, they agree that you're an idiot. That's pretty hard. A, a dunce, if you will, yes. Oh. <laughs> okay. So neutral. <laughs> okay, well, I was... Um, back to my point. Myrna is a hippie. She's a beatnik based in New York. And Ignatius, as we all know, he's he is Ignatius. But there is some sort of, like, um, need to impress one another in, that you get in these letters. And at the very end of the book, just as... Uh, Ignatius' mother's called the uh, ambulance to take him away to the mental uh, asylum. Myrna appears and um, rescues Ignatius. Now, question I want to ask you, do you think that there's something going on between Ignatius and Myrna? And if you were to write a sequel uh, depicting um, Myrna and Ignatius after the events of this book, do you think they would have got together? What, what, what do you think would have happened right there? I think, mm-hmm. as I'm just throwing this out there, yeah, this is what yeah. I think. Throw it out, throw it out. They go, right. they live together happily in the New York suburbs mm. um, for a long time, live happily. Oh, okay. However, Myrna dies. Um, and How does she die? From cancer. Oh, oh. That's sad. oh no! What is what? That's how so how sad. does Ignatius take take this take this? Not well. Oof. He decides that he doesn't want to be in New York anymore, and um, so he, over the course of two to three years, he starts bagging up farts, um, just bagging them up every day, every time he poops, and then he fills a balloon with them, and then. Gets on all fours on the roof, and lights his fart like into the big balloon filled with his already all his farts, and lifts off. It flies away. But he didn't realize there's also a child and a dog in the house. Are they his? No. No, but that's awkward having a dog there because we all know what Ignatius thinks about when he's when it's glove time. <laughs> wow. You skipped over a lot of years there just to get to that climactic moment. Yeah, that, bit, that, that, that bit's only about seven minutes long. So. How, many, well, how many pages is it? <laughs> Sounds like the book, like, they for many years and then she dies and then you go into a lot long description. It's a montage about, yeah. of their happy, their happy years. Yeah. I don't know how you write a montage, but... I guess a paragraph for each thing. Yeah. Um, you have one where, like, they have to... They're trying to conceive a child, but, like, Myrna gets the news that she can never have children mm-hmm. and it's really sad. And then she dies. From cancer. Yeah. And then you see that glimmer in Ignatius's... Finally. <laughs> I can... As he, he reaches for the can of beans. <laughs> <laughs> and the glove. And, and he, he makes a phone call at that point. He goes, hello, Dan. I'm finally taking your advice. I'm gonna do it. Wait, that is a character in the uh, Ignatius. He's a he's a he's a character in the Dunciverse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this goes, is like Infinity War. Such a crossover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. And he goes, Dan. Yeah. I'm building a team. 
it's 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 a bed wife farters <laughs> and then, initiative. And then Dan says, Dan says, I'll get my best man on it. And then it's like a cutscene to Dan on the phone phoning someone else. And Josh picks up and Josh is like, Hello! Hello, <laughs> <laughs> Josh! And Josh is like, Dan's like, Josh, can you start bagging up your farts? We need them for a big project. I'm not in your factory, son of a I don't know why he's a Mexican child, he's but played, he is. He's played by a Mexican oh. girl, a young Mexican girl. Oh, okay. Uh, and then, I mean, Dan's played by me. Does he phone up Belle? No. <laughs> Belle doesn't bag his farts. No, he No. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's cut back to Dan. Dan calls back and it's like, we're going to, we've got a guy, we've got a guy on it, I'm on it, you're on it. Let's go. And then Wait, sorry, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us some Josh of that. is in the dancer verse as well. Yeah. Apparently so. Um It's like it's like a post credit scene at the end of like uh at the end of a Confederacy of Dancers, uh Samuel Jackson shows up in a post credit yeah. scene and says like, Hey, I need you to join the dead wife farters initiative. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Can't. Um, okay. And I'll have a cameo. This makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. As Dan's dead wife. Ah, okay, okay. There you go. And then, um, like, this is all building up to the big movie where, um, Thanos shows up, right? And, like, his farts yeah. disintegrate half the universe. That's that, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He likes are you fart. Are you willing to sort of do what the role requires of you with respect to contracting cancer? <laughs> <laughs> Just a book, Josh. <laughs> No, no, but that's, like, that's, that's your commitment, though. That's like how committed. Stan, are you yeah, Stanislavski method, isn't it? Um, why is her getting cancer cause for you to pour a drink? I'll drink to that. It's pouring one out for my memory. I'll drink to that. I think. Um, no, you're right. That was inappropriate. Sorry, um, but yeah, how committed to this are you? Will you kill yourself? Yeah. Would you put? Will you, will you stand in front of the microwave well, for a few minutes? Will you back up all your farts? Oh, mate, you... I already am. <laughs> so wait, this is this is turning some sort of Bernard Herzog realistic <laughs> film endeavor, like Fitzgeraldo. Like we could we could do it in special effects and acts, but no, we choose to do it for real. Um, so we're actually gonna. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean. Come yeah. on. <laughs> well. That's so. You think you think that uh, Myrna and Ignatius are going to get up, basically? Yeah, together. but that was also my note. Okay, so I won't bother you doing notes. <laughs> oh, so you wanted to go to notes early? Okay. <laughs> no, but so I was got, like, oh, without he's asking me. I am kind of like going to notes. I mean, and I was like, hmm. oh, well, I'm going to say it. <laughs> Because it's a good note. It is a really good note. In fact, let's just but, go to notes. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think you should repeat the whole of what you said in its entirety. Notes, 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 Oh, oh, my poor dead wife. I'm going to fly away now. Dumb sunglasses. <laughs> well, like, look, I think we all agree that murder and ignition meant to be together. But, like, Alice has given us some amazing notes there. I want to hear from everybody else. Like, uh, what are your notes on this? Uh, first of all, Josh, what are your notes on this? Well, I think if you would have held out... I mean, 
I mean, we've we've sort of glazed over quite a lot of, of the sort of reality of the reality around the book, and he obviously killed himself. Mm-hmm. He was he was really before his time. J.K. Tool, indeed. He, he, I mean, if only he could have known how beloved, terrible characters that don't develop at all would become <laughs> in the future. That he could, he could have, he could have not offed himself. I, I know it is a sad loss. It's and sad. that's really my note, really. Is <laughs> that he should have waited to kill himself. <laughs> After he should have killed himself after he got published. Well, he should have waited to see if he wanted to kill himself. Because because I'm like looking at this and I'm like I'm like this is this this is some good stuff. I hope I hope he writes another one. And then I look up and he's like he's dead. And I'm like ah, why why are you dead? And then he it turns out he's dead because he yeah. And I was just like, oh, you bastard, you should have waited, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's, it's very sad, deeply frustrating. One of the saddest things about it is that um, he was when he was rejected the first time, it wasn't like an outright rejection. Um, I can't remember the name of the uh, publisher. I think his name's Gottlieb. Uh, this is a guy who actually was responsible for bringing Catch-22 to the world. So it's not like right. this guy was a, yeah. like a, a no, shit editor. Or no Bozo McJozo. No Bozo McJozo. But... He basically went back and he was the one who gave yeah. the note yeah. that true, said, true story. this is not a book that's about anything, suggested some changes, and John Kennedy Tool felt he couldn't make those changes, so it didn't happen. And it makes me wonder, it does make me wonder, what if Tool had made those changes? Would it have made the book a different experience? Would it have ruined the book? But got him published? Who knows? We'll never know. Mm-hmm. That's a good note. That's a good note. Well, I, I think also it's important to... Um to, to consider these things because I mean you know he, he what, what to to his credit he did a lot of people when they get rejected for their art and their work do a lot of worse things like Hitler for example oh god yeah he was awful mm-hmm. Hitler was just a really nasty man I'm not a fan not a fan I'm not a fan I really disagree with everything that he ever did <laughs> He, he, yeah, absolutely. Strong, strong words. And when he was rejected from be, being a professional artist, he killed 12 million people. I, w- I will go so far as to say, you know, like... I, hate I think he's the worst person... I, I hate Nazis. Nazis. I hate Nazis. I hate anybody who supports Hitler. And in fact, you know what? When I, I think it's absolutely... We're within your rights. If you meet a Nazi... Punch him in the face. You can't reason with them. You can't reason. They don't want to be reasoned with. They want us gone. Yeah. If you see a Nazi, punch that they Nazi look in at the face. Like, they, they, they look at me as a Jew and they look at you as an Asian for change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, they, and they just think, kill them. And they I want think us gone. wrong. Yeah. I don't think you should kill people. Fuck, <laughs> fuck Nazis. Fuck Nazis. Put it there. Put it there. Put it there. Put it there. Shaking hands. Uh, shaking hands. Bell, what did you? What are your notes? What are your notes on uh, a confederacy of dancers? Well, I, I think I have to respectfully disagree with uh, George. Which part? Which part? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I think they're both tortured artists. Mm. Hitler and <laughs> and um, John Kennedy. Right. So you're comparing Hitler and John Kennedy. Okay. Yeah, right. Both both tortured artists. Both great guys. <laughs> like um, Ooh, both. Whoa! 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 But I mean, uh, and great as in like big, as in I don't mean like good, mm. but as in like they're momentous in in, in history. Momentous. And I actually think. Um, uh, hold he, on a second. Hold on a second. I just got to 
I actually just warming up I my fists. Just warming I up my fists. Sorry, just just practicing a few warm up punches. I thought that John Kennedy Tool was actually a good person for 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 not responding but to rejection of his art by killing twelve million people. Okay, well, well I, I think I think John Kennedy Till was was uh, you, you thought he, he he shouldn't have killed himself. I think he should have killed himself. I think he should have killed himself. No, John Kennedy Till should have killed himself earlier, actually. Whoa! To, to, to show that Gottlieb is definitely a kind of bozo McJozo oh, type really? character. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, that would show that he was a bigger <laughs> because he was, he was like, oh no, I've rejected this work. Oh no, that guy's killed himself. Guess I'm the bozo machoso? Is that what you're thinking his thought process would be? I'm imagining like him at the top of a hill, like in the cemetery in the rain, like going, I'm such a bozo machoso right now. Didn't like his book and he died. Guess I'm the idiot here. Yeah. And also I think his mother, Don Kendrick's mother, should they have all. Yeah. She should have um taken the script and kind of adapted it and made actually a better book, which definitely would have got published. Huh. But so, it did definitely get published. Yeah, uh, yes, I know, but I'm talking like a kind of count, counterfactual thing. Like, this is a note, isn't it? This it is not yeah, it? You're, you're sorry you're giving notes on the, on the book as you are the life of Jen Kennedy Tool. Most notably, his suicide. Well, this is actually suicide notes. No, what are you doing? His, his mum should have um, rewritten the script and Myrna Minkoff, this is stupid yours thing uh, <laughs> very thin le- um, <laughs> lesbian <laughs> 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 yeah, okay. why is no this they both avoid pork don't they so they're probably similar uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> oh my god no but uh, Myrna Minkoff thin Muslim and uh, Ignatius P. Riley would yes. have Instead of going to New York, they would have gone to like the con- kind of Confederate kind of states and kind of joined um, the kind of Native Americans with Kevin Cosner, and then <laughs> they would have met, they would have killed um, Sean the Sheep from uh, Wallace and Gromit, and they would have titled this book <laughs> oh a, a Confederacy of Dancers with Wolves in Sheep's Clothing. <laughs> the last one seems <laughs> kind of unnecessary, but okay. Yeah, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Got there in the end. Got there in oh, the end. I'm still curious about like what your opinion is on it. <laughs> well, well, I mean, can you just reframe your opinion again? Well, I think that Hitler was wrong to kill 12 million people. Well, I, I don't think he was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> but I don't I'll think it's wrong. Those boxing gloves. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Please. 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 But well, I don't think it's wrong. And I think that this book is proof of that. Well, this, this book is not proof of Hitler, is it? I, I don't well, know. maybe Hitler should have killed himself. <laughs> but what was after it? no one liked his art, that was that seemed like the, the right thing to do. It seems, seems like a very yeah, seems like a very easy easy yeah, opinion John, to have. John Kennedy too had had two options. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He yeah. could either kill himself uh-huh, uh-huh. or kill twelve million Jews. I don't know if those were the two options that were in play, but yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> and I think he went for the correct one of killing himself. <laughs> Unlike Hitler, who just killed everyone. <laughs> He's, well, but Do Hitler did kill himself that... eventually. That's true. Yeah, he, did. Well, he should have waited to kill himself. He should have killed it's... himself sooner. Yeah. 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 He said that John C. Riley should. Oh, sorry. John Kennedy Tool. John Kennedy Tool. <laughs> I'm getting all the names confused. Um, should have waited. So, what would have happened if he'd waited? 
I didn't say he should have waited. Yeah, you did. He, 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 he should have killed himself later, you said. Yeah, he should have killed yeah, he should have written like another book. Like uh, Hitler. He should yeah. have killed, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, right. Hmm. He should have written one more book and then killed himself. Mein Kampf. <laughs> no, he should have written the sequel. <laughs> Mein Kampf 2. <laughs> this time it's Kampf, yeah. <laughs> too Kampf, too, too furious. Electric boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Well, I understand uh, your point. I think you made a good point there, and I think uh, you're, who's, you're who's, perfectly with it. Who's, right. who's buying the sequel to my campus for? I wonder what else he has to say. Like, mm, still not a fan of the Jews, I see. <laughs> nah, I've moved on to the Irish now. So, so Belle, I'm sorry I interrupted. So, so yeah, you were saying. Yeah, you were saying uh, about Hitler. But I think he should be understood um, in his wider context. Like, like you said, he got rejected as an artist. So, like, I have some kind of out there contrary opinions, you might say. Yeah. That's actually because I actually have an identical twin, and um, yeah. I was adopted away from him. Oh. And what's mm. his name? I think he, I don't know. It's like Yezua, Yoshua, or something like that. Oh. Mm. Josh. But your face is like. <laughs> The concave version of Josh's, if that's what yeah. you're implying. Wait, wait, is your, so wait, you're telling me that your identical twin is called Josh Joshman? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, you go, and his catchphrase is just jostling, judging with you. He's <laughs> <laughs> <I was> really, <laughs> really hard into that identity, hasn't he? <laughs> It's like oh, I guess this, this is who I am. Talk about nominative determinisms. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna embrace this ridiculous name. I'm just like, draw attention to it at any given opportunity. There's Josh. Yeah, all right, mate. Take it down a fucking notch, okay? Josh Joshman. I get it. Okay. Just Josh is with you. Um, and um, does he have a concave face? <laughs> Um, no, that's no, the yeah. exact match to Josh Belvin. <laughs> no, he has a, a, a convex face, and uh, yes, I like to say like so it's um, really an identical <laughs> twin. Complimentary twins. That's what I call it. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I've got an identical twin. This face is all smashed in. <laughs> we, people really, really can't tell us apart because his face is like inside his skull, <laughs> and mine's on the outside of my skull. I oh, well, <laughs> well, can I just say to, to this as a thing? I've, I've been, I'm here to kind of play the maverick role. Of course, of course. You've done that very well. I, I feel I've been put on pressure. Do you know what, Bell? Do you know what, Bell? <laughs> I think you have been put on the spot quite a bit this yeah. episode, and you've more than held your own, which is why I'm still keeping you on the uh, the faking lit board of Super Cool Club. Okay, right? thank you. But I'm also giving you a special star, and 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 this star. So you, <laughs> just put it there. And, uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, and this this means that you have special privileges. Okay, special privileges. You can you can dunk on Dan anytime you want. Oh, dunk, dunk on Dan's nuts. Yeah, dunk on Dan's nuts. Feel good. Feel good. That feels very good. Yes. Okay. All right. Um. Wait. How are you dunking Dan's? Oh, wait. Yeah, but that's stuff. Yeah. Um. You know what? I I I realise I've done something here. Um. We've gone to notes, and I've had. It's been great hearing all your notes. Especially yours, Alex. That was a great moment. Um, but uh, I haven't actually asked your opinions on what you thought of this book. Did you like this book? Let's go around the table. Bell, did you like this book? Well, like- bear in mind, yeah. don't let this influence your, uh, your opinion in any way, but it is one of my favourite books of all time. So Okay. Well, I can't really give an opinion until I've sort of heard it. <laughs> <laughs> 
what, what Josh Bellman would like to say. Why? What is this weird codependent <laughs> relationship that you have with Josh? I'm still trying to figure out what it is. I'm not sure what it is. But I, I'm very much like an Ignatius P. Riley character. I'm very, I'm kind of dependent on. He's like my mother, and you know, I'm like the kind of contrary teenager who's 30 years old for some reason and has a moustache. But yes. Um, so, Josh, what did you think of this book? <laughs> I was grossly indifferent. Whoa, really? Oh, grossly man. indifferent? Grossly. Like, vomit-inducing me. Trying not to let this affect my feelings about the book. I was, I, I was sick. It's all, it's all good, it's all good. I was sick out of my mouth. <laughs> How indifferent it's I was. book is separate from you, Shiva. Separate from you. You do not identify oh, through this God. book. It's separate. You are two different things. There's no judgment on you. Okay. All right, I'm good, I'm good. Whew, okay. Indifferent, indifferent. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. Alice, what do you think of this book? I was... No, I liked it. Hey, yeah, that's right. Fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> it just yeah. only because it reminded me of Dan. Of course, of course. The farting. Yeah. Well, you know there's a scratch and sniff version of this book as well. Oh, really? Yeah. That's ah, good. I might get that for Dan. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. What? Do you really need to get it for Dan, though? <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, Dan, Dan, a, Dan produces his own sniff he aspect. He doesn't even have to scratch. doesn't even have to scratch, really. Um, that's great. Um, and Belle, what do you think? Well, I, I love this book, actually, yeah. So. Yeah. I loved, it, I loved it so much. Like when I was getting paper out of like a of a bin, I actually got vomit out of a bin and put it in my mouth. <laughs> That's how much I love this book. <laughs> we gotta, I got other people. We really gotta find a way to improve your life because your life sounds like a never-ending hellscape of misery and discussing revolting things. Oh, did I mention that I also shat my pants? I pulled out of my butt because like because I was so indifferent. <laughs> right. Well, our friend's books is like very cleverly written and it's so funny actually that I took other people's shit <laughs> and t- took some poppers or amyl nitrate and shoved it up my arm. <laughs> this is a totally inappropriate response to liking a book. <laughs> That's not what you do when you like something. No, that is the thing people do. <laughs> yes, uh, it's called the Poolit Surprise for a reason. <laughs> That's that's how it works. The pu- the poolets are born. They're all just shoving up poo up each other's bums and saying, "Yeah, this this made me shove at least three poos up my bum." Have you not? Therefore, it deserves to win the prize. But have, have you not? Wait, hold a second, guys. I've just received some terrible news. My wife is just dying. Hand me those beans. It's time to fly away. Some people genuinely, you can do two different things. You can have, you can have a fecal um, transplant. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and therefore, you can only do that when you really like a book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a great book. Better in the hospital. And some people freeze poo and then and then fuck their own asses with it. <laughs> What? What? <laughs> and also, what do you call it? <laughs> it called a space poo or something. Oh my God. Space poo. <laughs> Doesn't even make any sense. It's like freezing your poo, shoving up your ass. What should we call this? I don't know, space poo. <laughs> just like space, really. Because <laughs> you're freezing shit and shoving up your ass. Just like the astronauts do. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> lack of gravity will go off. Go off. That's, That's not how it works. <laughs> All right. So, look, it's it's look, it's a unanimous decision. This is a great book. I love it. It goes in the Hall of Fame. So, um. Oh my god. Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's um. Is it Regina McCracken? It is Regina McCracken. Oh, it's my favourite. Original joint. <laughs> Voice of an angel. Absolutely. Totally. Everybody, what a joy and a pleasure it has to been to have been discussing this book, one of my favourite books of all time, with you today. Um, I think that's all we have time for, really, because we're all about to go have a birthday meal in honour of our good friend Harren, who turns fifty-four today. Well done, Harren. Happy birthday to you. Good um, secret handshake, everybody. Really, really. Um, didn't even fart once during it. Um, <laughs> did you know what I did? <laughs> silent, but I SBD. Ba- I SBD. bagged it up for them. <laughs> Great stuff. Um, if, if you've been affected by any of the issues that have been raised in today's episode, why don't you write to us at fakeylitpodcasts at gmail.com. Hey, why don't you tell us why you think it's called Space Boot? Because I can't work it out. If you have an idea of why it's called a Space Boot, write to us and explain <laughs> to us why that's the case. Uh, uh, like and subscribe. Hey, if you like this podcast, if you think other people should listen to this podcast about farting and poo, then share it with them. Tell them to check us out and subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitch, and everywhere else you get podcasts. Until then, keep supporting your local bookstores and libraries. My name has been Chinty. Bye-bye. I love you. Bye. Bye.